the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. As a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, how about that? It's time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And if you're watching on LarryRosenthal.tv, you see him right there in live broadcast color. Larry Rosenthal, good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm good. Good to see you again. Yes, Where sir. you been? We be missed back. you. Well, you know, I took a week off and uh, put put a couple of uh, weekends on that on that week as well. Did so you ask was, the boss if that was okay? Yes, I did. I got permission. <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah, but it's good to be back in the saddle again. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring with uh, it's open mic Saturday, you yeah. know, which is wonderful. So no no questions barred, you know, any questions that are on your mind about the economy, the markets, the you know taxes, housing, inflation, the new bill that there that Congress is maybe getting ready to pass. We can talk a little bit about that today, as well as a lot of economic data came out this or earlier this week. What's going on in the markets? Your retirement plans. And guess what? August is estate planning month. August is will and trust month, right? You know, so we're going to go over some estate planning topics today as well. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, Friday's unemployment report came out, and it was hot, Chris. It was really hot. The economy added about 528,000 jobs. Uh, They were expected to add about 250,000 jobs. So... Uh, that shows that the economy is very robust and very strong, which is kind of interesting when you talk about the recession word. We'll get into that in a few moments. <laughs> Unemployment dri- dipped from 3.6 down to 3.5%, uh, matching pretty much the pre-pandemic lows of unemployment. You know, Hourly wages went up 0.5 of 1%, over 5.2% over the last 12 months. You know, so so when you take a look at that and you start talking about the word recession, you know, just not there. Right? It's just fit. not there. We'll get into some of the definitions on recession as well today, too. I want to clarify a lot of things here. But yesterday's job numbers really give 
support to the statement of this. There's not there's the the chances of recession are very are are are, are a lot lower than what people thought. Okay, a lot lower than what people thought. But at the same time, it also shines a light on the fact that maybe the Fed's not done raising interest rates just yet. Because the last couple of weeks, there's been some talk about the economy softening, and it has been in certain areas. But in other areas, it's showing a lot of strength. So we're getting a a mixed bag of economic data at this particular point. It's very difficult for the Fed to determine how much to tighten, how often. But, you know, before this jobs number came out on Friday, consensus was pretty much the Fed's probably going to tighten maybe 25 basis points in September when they meet again. But now those numbers are shot back up to 75 basis points. So we'll have to wait and see. At some point, inflation is going to come back down. You take a look at some of the drivers of inflation, you know, uh, housing, that's coming down. You take a look at at uh, energy prices, that's coming down. As a matter of fact, oil is back down to, to $88 a barrel. You know, Hallelujah. Uh, it, was, it, it peaked at 122 at one point uh, earlier this summer. You know, uh, lumber is down 52% from its high somewhere in that area. So, so we're starting to see more and more things start to come down. But at the same time, we're seeing resiliency and strength. You know, P, uh, uh, supply management, manufacturing, non-manufacturing, PMI, surprise to the upside in July. Uh, you know, the, and, and again, basically knocking out that the, that the economy is moving into a recession or is already in a recession. So, you know, gas prices have dropped for 50 straight days across the country right now. And it's still expensive compared to what it was just a few years ago, but it's not near its peak uh, recently. So we're starting to see some breaks in that, and it's just a matter of time. At some point, the Fed will stop raising interest rates, right, whether it's this September or October or November or December, whatever it is. And, again, once that happens, the markets will celebrate because they know that the economy is not going to continue to be tightened down. So it's a matter of of doing this balance. You know, one of the Fed officials came out earlier this week and said, basically, you know, they think that they can produce a soft landing. In other words, break down inflation without throwing us into a big, bad recession. And so that's what they're trying to do. And so we need to be patient with it. The markets are probably still going to continue to have some volatility involved with them. You know, for the next six, seven weeks or so, we'll see what the Fed says at the end of July. We've got three big events coming up. Um. You know, next week we're going to get the inflation number for July, and then the second week in September we'll get the inflation number for for August, and then of course the uh, the Fed will meet right after that in September and determine whether or not they're going to ra- how much they're going to raise, if they're going to raise that kind of thing. I think they they will raise. I'm not sure it'll be 75 basis points. It might be 50, 25, but we'll wait and see. We'll just wait and see what the rest of the data looks like over the next six, seven weeks or so. Um, but, you know, the, the, the market action in July here in the first week in August, the market's been pushing up, gaining strength. And that has been basically as a result of the market sort of sniffing out the fact that maybe the economy is slowing down and inflation pressures will ease. And this is just sort of a forecast. It's sort of a look down the road and around the corner to what the markets will probably end up doing once we do see inflation coming down. So that's good news. We're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're moving in that direction, progressively in that direction. And so that's a good thing. You know, and there's a lot of talk also about recession. 
Let's talk about that. What is a recession? Who determines recessions? Things like that. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of concern about it because you hear it all over the TV. I heard somebody saying the other day, we are in a recession. And I'm going, wait a minute here. How do you know that? How can you tell that? You know, well, the recession is, is, is it's, 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 uh, it's those two back-to-back quarters, right? Isn't that what they say is supposed to happen? No, not quite. It's not two back-to-back quarters. Two back-to-back quarters is sort of a highlight of a yeah. summary of it. But the, the, the definition of a recession, it's, it's, it's determined by National Bureau of Economic Research, right. Ember, yeah. N-B-E-R, okay? And it's a private, nonpartisan uh, organization that helps in dating business cycles, whether they're recessions or expansions or whatever. They just sort of monitor what's going on in the economy, right? And Ember decide, defines a recession as a significant decline – inactivity that's been spread across the entire economy and lasts for more than a few months. So a significant decline in economic activity. Okay, well, how do you have a significant decline in economic activity when wages are rising, when unemployment is dropping, when corporate earnings are coming in strong, right? Now we had, when, when, when we come down here and we take a look at, at um, the GDP, right, it, it is a common way just to give you a, 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 a backdrop of a recession. You know, one, it, it's a common definition. Two back-to-back quarters of negative GDC, uh, GDP growth mm-hmm. uh, will, will meet a, a, a recession criteria. That's sort of the, the layman terms of a recession, right? But it's just so a pointer is what you're saying. There's more It's exactly to it. right. It's yeah. just a pointer, right? It's not necessarily true because we haven't really had a, a – um, significant decline in economic activity mm-hmm. during this period of time. Again, wages are going up, corporate earnings are going up, ISM manufacturing is going up. We're showing the economy is expanding, right? But we just happen to have negative GDP growth simply because the first quarter when we reopened last year, there was a tremendous amount of imports, and that had a big, big uh, imbalance in the trade deficit, you know? Uh, you know, businesses and consumers bought more and more goods to satisfy the demand once we reopened the the uh, 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 the economy right after COVID. That was a factor in in the first quarter GDP number in first quarter of 2021. I'm sorry, 2022. Excuse me. Okay, and so so we're going to wait and see. But let me tell you this though: if if we are in a recession, and or if we're moving into a recession, based off of all of these numbers, it's going to be very short-lived and very shallow in scope, okay? And I'm telling you, as soon as, as, soon as the markets see the Fed pausing, rate, raising rates, and inflation coming down, okay, as long as unemployment doesn't shoot way, way up, the markets should respond pretty favorably to this. It's not a matter... You know, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when at some point down the road. And this is why it's important to understand it's time in the market. You want to mm-hmm. stay, spend time in the market. You know, you take a look at the performance in the, in the market just last month in July, tremendous performance. You know, people that have moved their money out and missed that, that 7 8 9%, whatever it was, rebound, you know, how are you going to make that, that, those dollars up, right? So, so it's important to stay invested within the market. So, so about, this, uh, about this bill that's uh, going through Congress with regards to that, I mean, a lot of folks are thinking, well, you know, that, it, that could make things worse potentially, or depending on what, you know, what side of the aisle or what policy you, you follow, it's supposed to help things be better. But 
Well, there is a lot of, of stuff in this bill, and, and there's a lot of stuff that I don't really see how it's going to lower inflation. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, when, when you take a look at the study of it here, um, you know, and just looking at, 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 at some of the key people, you know, Penn Wharton budget model analysis, key points and things like that, uh, in, in this act, it, it basically said that the act would slightly increase inflation up until 2024 and decrease it slightly thereafter. Mm. But there's low confidence that the legislation will have any impact whatsoever on inflation at all. Okay, um, And there's a lot of money being spent more towards um, you know, zero emission energies and, and things like that, credits to buy new, new electric vehicles, solar, wind credits, things of that nature. Uh, uh, minimum, uh, alternative minimum tax, I would say, for corporations at a minimum of 15%. Um, you know, and, and, you know, is it going to increase taxes on the middle class? You know, that is really, in my opinion, to be determined. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you've got people in Congress saying no, you've got people in Congress saying yes, but, but bottom line is this, if a corporation has to spend more money in taxes, then one way or the other, costs are going to rise, or, that, or, or, or it's going to be pa- passed, you know, it basically would be passed through to you and I as the consumer. You know, it, it, it all comes down to cost of goods sold, doing business. If the cost of business goes up, then, you know, you have to take a look at it. And and I'm not, you know, they, they highlight, you know, certain corporations that, that are paying below 15% or 0% in some years. You know, I, I wonder how it looks in, in the scheme of things when you look at a rolling 10-year period of time because the government does a lot of its budgets on 10 years like that. And so, you know, some years corporations will, will invest, invest a tremendous amount of capital, which gives them the ability to write off things, right? And lower their effective income tax rate. On the other side, maybe maybe those maybe those deductions are going away, and their taxes go back up again. But you cannot take away the risk reward relationship. You know, you you have to incentivize risk, growth, research, development, and things like that. So we know that that we live in the you know the greatest you know one of the greatest without a doubt the greatest country in the world oh, in my yeah. opinion. And 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 so when you're when you're really looking at at that, we've got to pay a minimum amount of tax, but we don't want to pay too much either because it takes away, it disincentivizes things, and that's that's what this is about. Is 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 how, you know finding what, that balance, what, right? Yeah, you got to find that balance. And and one thing's for sure, I was explaining to a client the other day. You know, over, over the next forty years of your life, Chris, taxes are going to do two things: they're going to go up and down, and then they're going to go up and down again, <laughs> right? And yeah. that's what they continue to do in, in different times. Sometimes you, you're in a higher level of taxation. Sometimes you're in a lower level of taxation. And you've just got to make your investments under, you know, rebalance your investments according to what's going on economically at that particular point in time as well as your business decisions also. Makes sense. And that's what they do. So, so there's a lot going on in this legislation. Um, there's climate energy provisions in there. Again, the minimum corporate tax. There's, there's funding for, for new IRS agents. Uh, you know, to, to make sure everybody's uh, paying their fair share along the way, whatever that, that, that is. Uh, so there's affordable uh, care premium tax credits, uh, just, you know, a whole lot of different things that are, that are inside there. We'll wait and see how it passes, if it does, right, because mm-hmm. it hasn't done it yet, because at the last minute there's a lot of things that are really uh, – uh, that, that, that get jiggled around. But my point is this, is once it does pass, if there are things that are going to s- affect you and I 
uh, as investors with taxes or investment analysis or changing the economy and, and or even giving opportunity in other areas, we'll be coming out and we'll, we'll be rolling out some webinars on all this just to keep everybody educated as far as that goes. And remember this, too. When, when you're down the road in retirement years or you're pulling money out to buy a car or a condo or, or college funding or whatever it is or to supplement retirement income, you've got to focus on net planning planning after taxes and inflation that's the dollar you get to take in and fees so 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 inflation taxes and fees that's the net dollar you get to take to the kitchen table that's what you have to focus on or fishing okay. depending on how we you know, we'll yeah and, and right and and you know and 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 you know the irs views our money through four different tax lenses that still hasn't changed you know we've got tax deductible 401k plans we've got roth iras that are tax-free We've got tax-deferred programs. We've got all different types of things, and we've got to make sure that we have tax allocation set up properly. We need to make sure we have asset allocation set up properly and product allocation set up properly. <laughs> you know, what, there, there's pros and cons to stocks or ETFs or mutual funds or, or whatever there may be that you're looking at inside your portfolio, annuities, closed-end funds, you know, different things like that. There's 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 you know different asset classes small cap value stocks versus international large growth stocks there's and then the tax allocation you know to make sure it all works out efficiently for you so it's all aimed at the streams of income that you need when you need it so mm -hmm. that's where proper planning comes in place there so stay tuned we'll find out what the markets are going to be doing you know the market showed a lot of resiliency yesterday with this very strong and hot jobs number uh, yesterday. So, you know, the, the NASDAQ was down a little bit and the Dow was up a little bit. So the markets were basically, you know, mixed a little. So, so it wasn't a disaster number at all by any means. We'll wait and see what happens next week as we digest more and more of this material and we continue to see corporate earnings coming in. So, hey, well, I know I went on and on about the economy, Chris. I have been off for the last couple of weeks here. And, and, and <laughs> Got to catch up, right? Good to catch back up again. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, let's let's open up the phone lines here. It's open mic Saturday. Give us a ring. We're going to take a quick break and, and uh, get to your calls. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven. Three one two three. More making money sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in studio. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's go ahead and welcome Bob from uh, on from South Dakota. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Well, um, I'm thinking about purchasing some agriculture land as an investment, and I was wondering what historically is this a bad time or good time to do that? Well. <laughs> It depends on, you know, I would take a look at, first of all, any tax benefits that you have, that, that you would get with that particular type of, of property, okay? So we need to get with a with a, a tax preparer that understands those rules because they're a little bit different than, than others. There's some benefits there. Secondly, you want to just take a look at the local markets um, in that area that you're looking to purchase see what what price action has been done recently and then determine a good entry point into buying the land and then and then third you also have to yeah you also have to take a look at two of of asking the question how long are you going to own it and what type of revenue are you going to be able to produce off of it you know um i'm sure the land has gone up in value here recently right in the last couple years Find out what it's doing right now. Is it is is it is it stabilizing? Is it going up? Is it still coming back down again? You know, with with the act with with the unfortunate situation in in Ukraine going on right now, you know, uh, we need to make sure that that crops are are producing all around the world as well as here. So that could be an advantage to you as well, getting in, into the land now. But we may have seen the prices already go up. So my best advice to you at this particular point, Bob, is to get with 
with a realtor or get do some market research on your own and have them do some as well and see what a good entry point is uh, and what your return on investment would be, not only short-term but long-term. Does that make sense? consider a healthy return on investment um well i would have to take a i would have to look at that specific industry you know like if you were to to look at it, it, let's let's suppose that 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 industry on what specifically you're looking to do let's suppose a, 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 the average return on investment let's say is eight percent okay and then your property based off of the price and acquisition cost and and all the things that goes into it maybe maybe your parcel of land would only be three and a half percent or maybe yours would be eleven percent that's how i would start the comparison as far as that goes i'd have to find out what what that whole industry does as far as rate of return goes on it okay and then also you 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 have a different scenario too most likely in that i don't know if you're looking to develop a business to start a business or add to a business or if you're looking just to do this to supplement your income needs as you as you move through life if if that's the case if the latter is the case then then the industry results don't really matter as much but but if it's a more of a business you want to make sure that you can compete with the uh, with the rest of the businesses too All right appreciate the help Absolutely. Good luck. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Any questions that's on your mind at all today, give us a call. Also, we've got a new website. You can go to RosenthalWealthManagement.com or LarryRosenthal.com. We just launched our new website this past week. Um, you can sign up for uh, our newsletter. We send out weekly uh, market commentaries as well as you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, check it out. Go, so go check out the, the new website. We're, we're going to be populating it filled with uh, videos and articles and all kinds of things. Yeah, it cracks that champagne bottle right across that thing. It looks Yeah, great. there you go. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. A couple tweaks left to do here and there, but we've got it up and running. So uh, it's exciting. Uh, you know, it's uh, been, a while in, in, it been a while in the making. Let, let me just put it that way. So glad glad that it's up and running there. And uh, stay tuned here. We're going to be coming out with our new series of webinars in September, October, November, and December. So, so uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, you know, guess what August is, Chris? August is National Make-A-Will Month. National oh. Make-A-Will Month. So we're going to talk a little bit about wills. We're going to talk a little bit about estate planning today as well. You know, so what's the purpose of a will? You know, the, the, the purpose of a will is is it... Sort of, it's it's a legal document basically that sort of outlines your intentions, if you would, you know, uh, to distribute your assets at your death, you know, and and it can be in most cases an integral part of of an overall estate plan, and it can help your heirs avoid legal hassles and headaches and fights, you know, uh, because you can put in there explicit instructions and and on on what you want. Who you want to get what, when, where, how, and, and, and all that. Um, you know, and then there's the debate between, you know, a will and a trust. Do you need both? And most times people have both because they work in unison together. And so, you know, National Make-A-Will Month, I think it's a great promotion there that we need to be thinking about our estate planning and, and how do we go about distributing assets to our heirs, how do we go about 
the control of our assets and making decisions in case you're not in a scenario where you can make a decision if you're incapacitated but but still but still living. So lots involved with all that. We'll jump into that in just a few moments here, but I want to get to your phone calls. Let's welcome Melissa on the line from Arkansas. Good morning, Melissa. How are you today? Oops, you there, Melissa? Oh, yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. I couldn't hardly hear you. That's fine. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, um, I have a question about, um, it's about my husband. Uh, he's considering retirement um, at 62 next year. He um, he works for the federal government, um, and he's only got 10 years in with his military, but he's, he's pretty beat up and is and considering retiring early because um, he has a military compensation where he's 100% disabled, so he gets a check from that, too. Um, the thing is, he has a lawn mowing business, and he's really going to scale it back, But he, and he wants to keep one of his big lawns that he makes about $22,000 a year on. Um, we know that if he retires early that the government is going to take part of that income from that lawn mowing business. But we're not sure how much. And he was wondering if he were to maybe take all of the income he gets from it and could he invest it or do something with it to keep the government from from taking it. Um, He doesn't have any other investments at all. So you mean the government's going to take it because the revenue is going to be taxed, right? Right, because if he's drawing early retirement, I think there's a limit on how much he can make. Maybe is that right? Uh, well, if yes. So if you're if you're sixty if you're sixty two, let's suppose his normal retirement age, let's say, is sixty six, sixty seven. Let's say, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And if and if he's sixty two and starts taking Social Security early, then it's going to be ratcheted down. If he makes more than about nineteen hundred dollars or nineteen thousand dollars a year, roughly, is what the number is then he'll have to start paying some of it back. So we need to sit down and take a look at, at how all that works. Now, he can, he can set up uh, certain types of retirement programs where that money can go in, but he's still going to have to pay the FICA tax on it, which will trigger the Social Security calculation. So, so I'd have to really take a look at, at what the income level is, okay? And, you know, if, if, if all his income is, we have to add up all of his uh, income. Now, it's just working income that goes against the Social Security formula, anything that you're paying FICA tax on. So his pensions and things won't count uh, in that, in okay. that uh, scenario there. So that's so what all, we... That's all he'll have. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to take a look at, and maybe we figure out how to ratchet some of that down a little bit. Um, but, but, uh, I, I would need to really get a good look at, at the tax return and what the plans are and take a look at deductions and things of that nature. So I'll tell you what I could do, uh, Melissa, if you'd like, I'll put you on hold and we'll have Josh get some of your contact information and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and then maybe set up a time to, to really take a good look at it and make some, some decisions on it as far as that goes for you. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Let me put you on hold here. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-3123. I forgot the number. 767. I know. Anyway, let's welcome George on the line from New Jersey. Good morning, George. How are you today? Yes, good morning, Larry. Um, I just have a a general question. I was was listening to your show um, probably about a month ago or so. And you were talking about um, or comparing Roth and pre-tax, let's say, 401k contributions. 
And uh, you had said that some advisors recommend pre-tax, some recommend Roth, and you kind of are on both sides of the fence, I guess. But I was looking at the map. Wouldn't it, isn't the Roth option always the better option, being that the contributions are taxed either way, but all of the growth in that money comes out tax-free with the Roth option? And even if you do a Roth conversion, you're still paying taxes on the growth on that conversion. So in terms of the overall tax payments that you have to make over the years or over your lifetime, wouldn't the Roth be the better option? So it, it, it just depends on where you weigh the value. Some people need a tax deduction today and other pe- and put more value on that, whereas other people put more value on getting streams of tax-free income down the road in, 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 in retirement years. So think about it like this, George. Let's suppose that in retirement you have 50% of your money that's in pre-tax and 50% of your money that's in Roth, Okay. We know now that all during your working career, you received a tax deduction for the money going in on the pre-tax, and all the money that's in the Roth, you paid after tax, right? So now you're in retirement. Let's say you're 65 years old, and let's say you live to 90, okay? So, so you've got 25 years there of, of, uh, uh, of, of dealing with taxes in front of you. Now, let's suppose when you're 70 years old, taxes shoot way up. We have tax legislation, and it changes, and taxes go way up. And let's suppose you move from, at age 65 in this example, from from a 22% bracket to a 35% bracket for whatever reason. At that time, you probably want to start pulling more money out of your Roth side than your pre-tax side, right? On the other hand, if taxes were to go way down, Again, taxes will go up and down based off of different administrations, economic ideologies that move in and out of the Congress and White House, right? Then you want to start pulling more money out of the tax, uh, out of the uh, pre-tax side. But in in that's why I say most advi- some advisors will say always do pre-tax, and I've also said some advisors will also tell you always do the Roth side, and I'm in the middle because I see both sides of it when people say, hey, you know what, I need a tax deduction today because I don't have the money in my checking account to, 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 to send in or I don't want to. And so they use the pre-tax. But I always encourage people to do both. I like both, absolutely. You know, when you get your money in the pre-tax 401k, you get that tax deduction today and nobody can ever take that away from you. But yes, you do have to pay the band when you get out uh, down the road in retirement years uh, as far as that goes. But I've seen, I've seen both sides, and yes, one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people have in retirement years is the level of taxation, even in today's low rates, by having most of their money setting, setting aside in the, in the pre-tax side on the Roth. So therefore, from that side, I favor, both, I, I favor more of the Roth side when it comes to that. But, but and it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I do see... <laughs> I, you know, and I really am, but I do see the need in certain cases for people to have the pre-tax savings versus the Roth savings. Okay, I, I, I do see that. You know, and it just depends on your on your tax bracket, your your income levels, and things like that while you're working in your career. But I always but I always will uh, encourage putting money on the Roth side of things. And even if you wanted to 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 you know, if you're putting fifteen percent in your four hundred one k, put seven of it in pre-tax and eight of it in Roth. You know, uh, you know, or vice versa, whatever you whatever you want to do as far as that goes. 
What we end up seeing, though, a lot of times is is a lot of CPAs have been trained to lower your taxes this year and don't worry about the future. And so so the message for, for decades has been driven to pre-tax side, okay? Um, but if you weigh the – if it's more important for you to not worry so much about today's tax but, but to have more tax-free down the road, then load up on the Roth side, absolutely. And, and I'm a big fan of that, but I do recognize the need for, for the pre-tax as well. So – uh, so okay, you great. you are correct that yep that. you are correct that's what I say and that's what I state and it's it's a it's a client by client scenario okay very good all right thanks very much absolutely appreciate the phone call you listen to making money sense give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three that's eight five five seven six seven three one two three let's welcome Ray on the line from Maryland good morning Ray how are you yes good, good morning uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, I have a question about government I-bonds. Uh-huh. Uh, could you explain a little bit how they work and whether you think they're uh, a good investment at this time? So I do think they're a good investment at this time, and the way they work is you have to go to treasury.gov and buy them directly. Okay, financial advisors aren't allowed to sell them. It's just something that you just buy direct from the government, and you can purchase as much as $10,000 per person in these I-bonds. And the effective interest rate on them is zero, but the they give you a credited interest rate based off of the current inflation numbers, and it's at 9.1%. And so the, uh, the bonds get credited their interest every May and November. That's what it is, May and November. So if you have excess money in your checking or savings account, because you are capped at $10,000 to purchase them, why not buy some? It's going to give you a lot better rate of return than what you're getting in the bank these days. Um, now, if you, you have to hold them for a period of time, they're usually five years. You can get out of it earlier, but sometimes you will lose some of the, the interest that, you've, that, that they've credited you if you get out of it earlier. As time goes on, Ray, and inflation goes down, your interest rate will go down also. But when you're looking at it to compete against the interest rate that you're receiving in your bank, this is probably a win for you versus if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective in the stock market, probably not. So, so excess dollars in the, in the checking and savings account, why not do it? Definitely. And you can, you can Google it up and it gives you all the, all the details and, and information on how to purchase them and length of time to hold and the interest rate crediting um, periods and, and the calculation behind all of it. But yeah, it's, it's a good time to do that. The last time we had an opportunity really to make any money over what the bank was paying us in I-bonds was back uh, many years ago when, when Katrina hit, actually, um, because uh, uh, inflation popped up there for, for six or seven months because of building and things like that, materials and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if, if you want info, I can, I can send it out to you, but it's very easy just to Google it up, uh, I-bonds, and go to treasury.gov and look at it, okay? Okay. Thanks so much, sir. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Steve on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Larry. Uh, I have an RMD question, but first I'd like to thank you for your financial ministry. It's a blessing to me, and I'm quite sure a blessing to others. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, so I retired on August 2022 this year, and is the RMD calculated 
for this 2022 year that I retired, or is it based on earnings in 2021? So, Steve, how old are you? Um, 70, I'll be 73 in September. So it's going to be calculated based off of your – so were you still working where your retirement plan was in 2021? Yes, I was still working. Okay, so as a result of that, you didn't have to take it. Now you've got to take it. So in 2022, you're going to have to take an RMD. It's going to be based off of your December 31st account balance of 2021. So every year the RMD is based off of the prior year's December 31st account balance. So you will have to do an RMD this year. Yep. Okay. And it's based off the December so that means 31st that account. My calculation is based off December 20, December 2021. Yep. But does that mean that at the end of December 2022, I would still need to make a payment? So you have to make a, a payment in 2022, okay, to satisfy the RMD requirement for this year. And it's based off December 31st of 2021. And then in 2023, you'll have to make a payment based off of December 31st, 2022. Every year's payment is based off of, or every year's distribution and tax payment, I should say, is based off the prior year's December 31st account balance. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. If you'd like some info on it all, I'd be happy to send it out to you. Let me put you on hold, and we'll have someone reach out to you with all the RMD information, okay? All right. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We've got a brand-new website up there, all kinds of fancy stuff and literature uh, for you to, to, to check out. Yep. And uh, You, you can... also have something else coming up that I wanted you to talk about, too. You're going to do jumping off a building again, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. We forgot <laughs> to talk about that. And, you know, we forgot to, we got to put the promo up there. So uh, that's right. On August 27th, you can check it out. I'm going to be repelling again off of the Tyson's Hyatt building in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, McLean, Vienna, Virginia. Uh, um, it starts on the 17th floor. And uh, well, I'll be repelling down Woo. the building. Uh, raise money for an organization that I'm on the board of trustees for called Helping Haitian Angels. So if you're interested in doing that, you can just go to helpinghaysianangels.org and, and click on the uh, uh, funder repeller little tab right there. And if you want to help support, you can make a small donation or a large donation right there. But uh, that's what the deal is. It's sort of throw throw, throw Larry over the edge. It's called going over the edge. There you go. You get, so I know you get Chris, that a lot you, anyway. <laughs> yep, I know you'll be happy to stand there and watch me jump over the edge of the building, right? Ooh, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Yep, so we did it last year, and it was a lot of fun, and we raised a lot of money uh, for the homes down there uh, for, for, for the uh, uh, you know Helping Haitian Angels organization down there. Uh, we're actually in the process of building a new high school, and that's oh, what wow, some of nice. these funds are going to. Yeah, because down there, you know, you, most people have a sixth-grade education, mm -hmm. 
And in order to get, if you end up getting through the 12th grade uh, down there, you, you really can make an impact for your family down there uh, economically with jobs and businesses and things like that. And so, so we're looking to, 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 to build, uh, a matter of fact, we broke ground on it. We were, we're uh, this, this month, we broke ground on it. And, and, yep, so we need to just get a little bit more funding in it. So we're doing another over the edge this year. So check it out. Go to helpinghaysianangels.org, helpinghaysianangels.org, and click on Repellers, and uh, you'll see my name right there. You can click on that and then help help support the cause. So, uh, so. so why don't we just, because, you know, Bob decided to take the day off and not tell anybody. Uh, well, he told us, but we're, since he's not here... Maybe we could sign him up, make him repel, and then he just doesn't even know it. Maybe she just has to show up. That's fine. We can just wrap a rope around him and toss him, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you can give us a thought anyway, right? Sounds good. Yep, sounds good. But, no, last year we had people there. We had people that listened to the radio show, came out and watched. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So check it out. It's going to be on August 27th, Saturday, August 27th. And so you can go to Helping Haitian Angels right now. Uh, HelpingHaysianAngels.org and help support my fundraising efforts there mm. by making a donation uh, and and uh, uh, you know help us to build the build the high school down there and and uh, the church that we have on on campus down there is it's awesome there uh, we have church services just about every day of the week and they're full and it's yeah, awesome it's awesome and and people from the community are coming in and so it's just a great great thing so mm. actually we got to take a quick break here give us a ring at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 we'll be back in a moment with more making money sense Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal we've all heard the more risk you get the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments however can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns you can only water ski behind one boat at a time make sure your risk adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-ROSE-123, 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us here today, Larry. Sure, Chris. So you know, in, in speaking of uh, getting organized and stuff that you were talking about earlier here, in Proverbs uh, chapter sixteen, verse three and nine, it says, "Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans." In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. 
you know, so think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to be working toward whatever the Lord wants for us in our lives to honor and glorify him. And money and financial planning is part of that. How can we best use the resources he's given us to further uh, the message of the gospel? Sometimes people want to keep taking those reins, but they really belong to him, you know? They really do. Stay on the Jesus ship, but don't grab the steering wheel. <laughs> Amen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. Jesus, take the wheel, as they say, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, it is, it is uh, National Make-A-Will Month, and we were talking a little bit about that earlier today. And estate planning, when you, when you boil down the three phases of financial planning, you've got the accumulation phase where you're growing your assets, the distribution phase where you're starting to pull your assets back, you know, to supplement your retirement needs. And then you have the legacy phase or the estate planning phase, the distribution to heirs and or charities. How do you want things to be passed on? What assets do you want to be passed on and to whom? and when, and what's the tax efficiencies of it all, and, and all that kind of stuff. And when you, when you, when you take a look at, at anything that you own, whether it's a house, a car, a bank account, investment account, an IRA, pre-tax IRA, Roth IRA, whatever it may be, there's, there's uh, uh, titles. How is that account, how is that asset titled? There's 12 different ways to title accounts. Okay, 12 different ways to title accounts. For example, you know, if you if you take a look at your house, for example, in most cases, the home is titled, you know, um, uh, Bill and Betty Sue, you know, uh, Doe, right? Bill and Betty Sue Doe, joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Okay, and and so that means if 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 Bill passes, you know, Betty Sue gets it. If Betty Sue passes, Bill gets it. But what about when the second person passed or, or if both of them passed together? There's no legal means to transfer that property to another person. Therefore, that property has to go through the court's distribution process, which is known as probate. So if, if you and, – and we see this a lot. The most – again, the most common thing in real estate, the one of the most hardest assets, I should say, to pass on is real estate. And, and when you're looking at it, you, you go, okay, well, how do I pass the asset on? How do I pass real estate on to my heirs and avoid probate? Well, some people say, well, you know, if, if one spouse passes, I'll just go ahead and add my kids as a joint owner to the, to the house, right? So now you've got the surviving spouse and maybe an adult child is a joint owner or all the kids are joint owners on the house now, thinking that when that person passes – the, the asset will, will move to the kids, and it will, and avoid probate, and it will. But now we've created a, a, a tax issue, right? Because if you had bought that house, say, at $400,000, and now that property is worth 800000 okay, um, and now you've got a joint owner on there, a new joint owner, in order to avoid probate, that new joint owner is going to have to pay taxes on that $400,000 growth because it hasn't been their primary residence two of the last five years. So how do we get around this? Well, one of the ways that, that, that you can look at doing this is create, in some states, owning a home, they allow you to have what's called a TOD beneficiary form, transfer on death beneficiary form. Other states, you can do this in state in different states, but they're just called different things, Okay. But you can attach basically a beneficiary form to your home that says if both of you were to pass, it avoids probate and goes to the kids, right? And then they get the stepped-up basis in taxes. And we see that a lot 
where where people it's sort of a blind spot in the financial planning of things and in you know you you have to think about you're standing at the top of a waterfall and you're standing there with all of your assets and you throw one of them over how does it cascade down right how does the bank account move down to the heirs how does the house move down to the heirs how does the investment account move down the waterfall to the heirs You'll be thinking about the distribution of all these things. And again, there's 11 different ways to title assets. Joint tenancy with rights of survivorship, transfer on death, community property states, uh, tenancy by entirety, servality, tenancy in common, and so forth and so on. And all of these ways that you title bank accounts or investment accounts or properties or even businesses in some cases, while you're owning them based off of how they're titled is going to dictate taxation and then when you dispose of that asset or that property the way you owned it in in the titling of the account will also dictate taxation to the next person who purchases it or inherit or receives it in an inheritance and so so it's important to really take a look at how things are owned that's one of the questions i ask a lot of clients when they come in the, when they when they when they come in the door they, they we meet on the phone or what zoom or whatever however we're meeting them these days is okay well i see all the things here that you have how's it titled and a lot of times people go what do you mean how's it titled i say well take a look at that, at your investment account here how's it titled okay um you know, and, and, and what's going on. And so there's a lot of ways that just by the titling of accounts, you can save a lot of tax money to your heirs. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. And, you know, this being National Make-A-Will Month, you know, part of that is estate planning. And so we want to take a look at, at that third stage of financial planning, again, accumulation, distribution, and then the legacy planning and figure out, you know, how do I want to look at doing this? Remember, the tax code, uh, explains how how we're going to be taxed on different things. But there's there's part of the tax code that also is the friendly part of the tax code, which says, hey, if you do this, we'll give you a break on that, right? And so we really need to read through the whole thing, if you will, or, or get some education on it all and understand how to minimize taxes uh, to to your spouse and to your heirs. And also take a look at charitable donations, too. How can you continue to to give money, uh, you know, to, to charities, to the Lord, to your church, to charities uh, of your choice using the friendly part of the tax code? It not only can it benefit your family substantially with tax savings, but it can also benefit that charity or that or that or your church or that organization that you really want to help out the, the nonprofit there. And, and a lot of people just are not familiar with all of that. And, and it really goes into diving deep into your tax return, looking at the overall financial plan, you know, and really going from, from the standpoint of, okay, I want, I've, I've worked hard all my life, and I want to make sure that, that my assets are, are going to where I want them to go to, and, you know, that they're not, they're, they're, you don't want to have the conversation of, well, the IRS got way too much money when you're sitting at the beneficiary table, so... Let's welcome Beth on the line from we're, Arizona. We're, Good morning, Beth. Have, How are you? Not going to have time to talk to Beth, unfortunately. We're oops. We're just about out of time. If we can just kind of put her on hold there and come back. Oh, are to we? Her. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the wrong clock. Beth, let me put you on hold here, and I'll pick you back up here in just a moment. Here, I didn't see the clock there, Chris. So. That's all right. We're on. Well, well hey, uh, you can catch us every Saturday morning at uh, at nine o'clock. We're making money sense. Follow us uh, on uh, uh, 
LarryRosenthal.tv. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch the show streaming live, and you can pick up all the extra, all the shows. Uh, you know, later this week we'll post it at LarryRosenthal.tv. You can go to, just simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the radio button right there, and you'll see them all as far as that goes. So for Josh in the back, I appreciate your time today filling in for Bob and for Chris McKay. As always, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session. Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.